Welcome to a new month and the first Friday in March. Can you believe it? Oh, it's going to be a good day at the Radio Backyard Fence because I want to tell you about someone who made a big difference. I want you to tell me about somebody who made a big difference in your life with something they did, how they treated you, how they valued you. Not everybody has this experience, sadly, but that doesn't mean that you can't be part of the change in somebody else's life. I want you to hear a story I heard last week. My back fence partners heard it yesterday, but I want you to hear the story, and then I'm going to open the lines. Let's see what good path we can walk down together today. First order of business is to thank our team, Ryan McConaughey, doing all things technical. Trisha's our producer. Pappy's in the chair today. Laura will be answering your calls. And since it's Friday, that's right, friend, it's time for the fabulous Fabry Friday Sigh. Here's what it does. One, we oxygenate your blood. Two, we get your endorphins going. Three, we raise your serotonin level. Four, we promote lymphatic drainage. (laughs) And five, we stimulate your parasympathetic system. That's why we call it the five lung languages. We also stimulate your vagus nerve. We help you release acetylcholine, and don't forget what it does to cortisol dissipation. Take in four seconds of air through your nose right now. Hold it four seconds, and then as you release that air through your mouth, push on the left side of your rib cage, rid of all that bad carbon dioxide. As I mentioned, this is our first fabulous Fabry Friday Sigh of March. Let's make it a good one. March, the month of madness. March, the only month that's also a verb, unless May is a verb. March, the month of new life, buds springing, grass greening, leaves returning. March, this year, the month of Easter, Resurrection Sunday is 30 days away. March, the month of time change when we spring forward. So we welcome you, March. Come and do all you were meant to do for us, in us, through us. The fabulous Fabry Friday Sigh is March 1st edition. Brought to you by this station, Moody Radio, the Sigh Society of Sausalito, and the Council for Better Councils. All rights reserved. Hey, thank you for responding in February. We uh, we didn't get to our goal yesterday, but w- w- even with the extra day, uh, we finished a little over 80%, I think it was. But uh, I I really have enough faith to believe this month we're going to be a good, have a good one at the back fence, even even make up for February. So in January, we, we always give uh, something from my heart to yours. And we gave a great book by Dr. Thrasher on prayer, in January. In February, basically the book was helping you reach the people around you who don't have a relationship with Jesus. So you you see where I'm going with this. So this month, as our thank you, we have Glenna Marshall's book, Memorizing Scripture. Now I talked with Glenna last fall, and uh, she's going to join us again next week. And I'll be honest with you, my my first thought about this is what are you going to tell me about memorizing scripture that I haven't heard? You know, I know it's important. You need to hide God's word in your heart. So you just, you just memorize it. Why well, it's not, it's not any more complicated than that. Right, Glenna? <laughs> and in the last few days, as I've gotten into this, I see how motivating it is what she's writing about the, the response, the, the, the neural pathways, what happens in your brain as you're memorizing. It's very practical too. And it's especially for the person who is saying, well, that's not for me because I can't, I can't even remember people's names and you want me to memorize verses or a whole passage. Don't listen to that voice that says you can't. I want to send you a copy of memorizing scripture Give a gift of any size to the program. Help us reach our goal in March. 
And uh, you will not only keep the program going for you and for others, but we'll send you this practical book. Go to chrisfabrylive.org or call 866-95-FABRY. You know what I hope happens? You get this book, you find a verse or a passage, you memorize it, you make it a part of yourself, and then as you're having a conversation, a few weeks from now, a few months from now, God brings it to your mind. The Holy Spirit touches that nerve and in that some conversation that you're having. Wouldn't that be great? I don't think there's anything better. Go to chrisfabrylive.org, give a gift of any size, or call 866-953-2279. And thanks for being a friend or a partner with us at the back fence. I mentioned uh, for partners, I was at the NRB, National Religious Broadcasters Convention. I'm so excited about this, I'm getting ahead of myself. I was at the NRB convention in Nashville, Tennessee. They usually don't let me in, but I snuck in for a day. <laughs> and I was getting ready for this presentation with Dr. Gary Chapman that was going over, uh, going on in the afternoon. I was going over my notes, and I was, you know, focused in. But I also had in my heart this idea that I was anticipating some gold nugget in the middle of the trip, that there's something that's going to happen in the middle of all the stress and the focusing and et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm studying my notes and I hear my friend Dave Woodworth, who works with Moody Radio Network Development for years. Uh, he was talking with a younger man with a backpack on his shoulder. And I just heard snippets of the conversation. I heard him say open line. I heard him say Donald Cole. And it really wasn't eavesdropping. I, I just, you know, caught these up, uh, caught these phrases. And then I heard Matt share what you're about to hear. And I thought, I need to talk with this fellow. I need to record this because this sounds like a conversation that you and I can have. So I put the video of this up on the Backfence post. If you are a Backfence partner with us, click the video and you'll see my wonderful camera work. <laughs> and uh, you can be a partner with us and see that as well if you'd like to. It's the kind of thing that we, uh, they, we try to do. Just can't put everything here on the program, but we put Matt on the, uh, on the video. So I hit the record button. There is noise in the background. You know, it's, it's, in, a, it's in a big conference hotel. Um, but I heard Matt say, I called radio pastor Donald Cole when I was just a child. Listen to Matt. I think you're going to understand why I wanted to have this conversation when you hear what he says. That's right. We called open line and uh, I couldn't believe that I got through because I listened to him uh, most whenever he would do the question and answer in the evenings. And uh, I love listening to him. He was, as a kid, he sounded like I wish he was my neighbor. Yeah. He was so much fun to listen to, and he answered everybody's question with the same love and the same grace, no matter what the question was. And he even answered my question as a little as a little boy. Do you remember what you asked him? Yes, I do remember. I asked him if pets go to heaven. I asked him if pets go to heaven. and um, Had you just had a dog die? Or I don't remember. I just remember, I think I was more shocked that I got through. <laughs> and then I was like, I got to come up with a question. And But I do remember the question, and I remember how kind he was to me on the phone because I'm, I'm just a kid, and he could have... And, and again, I always remember his answers. Whenever anyone would call in, it always struck me, even as a child, they want quick answers. Even Because he was smart. He was a very intelligent man. He had tons of experience. He could have blown through those questions. 
but he wanted to minister to people. And now that I'm older and I can look back on it, that's what he was doing with me. Just as a little boy asking about pets and he was ministering and that's what he did. He ministered to people on the air every single evening when he would answer those questions and it made it so enjoyable to listen to you. And I listened to you too. <laughs> but you don't wear a name tag so it took me a second to figure it out but I listened to you too. Well, here's the thing that he valued you. He valued you as a human being. It doesn't matter how old you are and, and the pace of that program, I'll, get, I'll be honest with you, when I was a young whippersnapper radio guy, the pace of the program frustrated me. We've got to move this along. But exactly what you said is, was the key to it, is the secret sauce, and taking, slowing down and taking time did as much for the caller and the listeners as the answer. Yeah. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And I've, I've been in radio and in broadcasting now for a really long time, but it started with things like Pastor Cole, where it's like, you know, maybe I can't, don't have the expertise to answer Bible questions on the fly like he did, but it taught me a valuable lesson about broadcasting and specifically about radio. And that is something that Pastor Cole taught me, my father who's been in radio over 50 years has taught me, which is communication is with the person, not at the person. And Pastor Cole was one of the best I ever heard at communicating with people, not at them. I love the fact too that Matt, Matthew J. Hill, is still doing radio. And that made a big impression on him. He is chief executive officer with Southwest Radio Ministries. And um, I've been thinking about what he said there about Pastor Cole. And and if you're thinking, oh, Chris wants me to call about uh, calling in a, a talk show and uh, some uh, talking with somebody on the radio. Well, it could be that. But my question to you is 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 broader. It's summed up in my Facebook post. Was there someone who made you feel like you were the most important person in the room? Someone who might not have been related to you, but took time and saw you? Who was that person? Describe the interaction and what it did to you. Who valued you with their time and attention who didn't have to? So I think, as I've been thinking more about this, Part of what I'm looking for is that biblical concept of hesed, which Michael Card talked about being when the one who owes you nothing gives you everything. When did a person who didn't owe you time or attention give it to you, even with abandon? And what happened to you? Sadly, there are some people on my Facebook, I put this on the personal and then the Chris Fabry Live page, there's some people who are saying, I've never had that happen. And I believe them. I believe, I believe that's true for a lot of people. But I really believe that you can stop that in your life by being that person to somebody else. So your call today, if this strikes a nerve, your call today might be the impetus for somebody else to say, you know what? I can slow down. I can pay attention I can see somebody else and 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 use that but I want you at least for right now tell me 
Who was the person who did that for you? 877-548-3675. 877-548-3675. Again, a number of people who are responding on Facebook, and you can too. Just go to chrisfabrylive.org. Let's talk about valuing others today at the Radio Backyard Fence. valued you when they didn't have to. And a lot of times this is with just presence. This is just a uh, someone who listened to your story. A number of these are really good on Facebook. Stacy says, I have uh, the best story. At 19, I went to the country of Jordan to perform in a water ski show for King Hussein's birthday, not Saddam. He enjoyed it so much, he invited our team to his palace on the Red Sea. <laughs> He and Queen Noor put out a wonderful spread. The Queen, a born American, really seemed to enjoy conversing with people from her homeland. I had the distinct pleasure of sitting next to the King. He seemed genuinely interested in how I became a professional water skier in my life. And Stacey, if you called today, I would ask you the same thing. How in the world? It reminded me, Stacey writes, of Proverbs 22, 29, that a person good at their work will sit with kings. To have that happen at such a young age was incredible. That was also such spiritual symbolism that one day I will sit at the table with the king of my soul who loves me divinely and intimately cares for me. Great story. On on another uh, Facebook post, I was sick and in bed while in a Zoom class, Linda writes, Heidi saw me there and the next day called me to see if I was okay. It was the beginning of a fabulous friendship. And now that I'm fighting cancer, Heidi and a group of our friends notice me. Heidi taught me to notice people. Those are powerful words, Linda, and yours might help somebody else today. Sally is calling in uh, Alaska. Hey, Sally, join the conversation. Good morning. It's morning here still. <laughs> I believe you. It's nice to be on Moody Station. I've listened to you for years. Well, I'm glad to have you here from Kodiak. What do you see out your window right now, Sally? I see snow and uh, also drippy snow. <laughs> the sun came out. It's a beautiful day. Uh, it's just that it was 17 degrees here a little earlier. <laughs> And then when the time changes in a couple of weeks, you'll be even earlier than us, right? I guess that's the way it works, yes. Yeah, that's what they say. Well, who who valued you? What did you want to say? Well, what, my mother worked, so I was home alone. The little lady next door didn't have any children. She would have me over to her house when she baked uh Donuts. She would roll them out. She would let me roll them out and cut them out and deep fry them. And then on Sundays, she would take us to church uh, every Sunday morning. And because I wanted perfect attendance in Sunday school, when I had the measles, she took me anyway, left me in the car, and the teacher came out and taught my lesson. So I got to have perfect attendance for like eight years. <laughs> That's commitment right there, Sally. Yes, it was. Special lady, special, special lady. What was your neighbor's name? Her name 
was Hazel Higgins. And she just was kind of that little lady to anybody and everybody that needed something. She always gave herself to anybody that needed it. Hazel Higgins. Boy, that just... Yes. It was like Henry Higgins. I remember Henry from... Uh, yes, uh, yes. So that, the comic strip. Hazel Higgins. You don't hear that name too yeah. often anymore. Hazel. She was She was from Maine. Um, and just a, one of those wonderful little women that was always giving herself away. Yeah. There it is. Okay, so there's sacrifice that's involved in in this. You have to see the person, though. It's very easy, especially for children, to overlook children. You have to see them. So there's the story of Hazel Higgins from Maine who wound up in Alaska. <laughs> Isn't that great? Sally, thanks for it. That's a great story to start off with today. Cindy is it? or I don't know if Hazel was in Alaska, though. Uh, Cindy is in Central Florida. Cindy, tell me your story. Hi, Chris. Um I used to, um, every once in a while, shop at Moss Brothers. And if you're familiar with down south, they had, it was a high-end store. And I didn't dress really high-end. And, um, you know, walking in, you kind of feel like a hot dog at a steak dinner, you know. It's like, oh, dear, what am I doing here? (laughs) But they always had great sales. And this one lady, I wish I could tell you her name. She was amazing. She treated me like the president's wife. She saw me. She didn't see what I was wearing. And, you know, and people don't know what you've got in your purse. I could have bought all the dresses I wanted, you know, but that's not how I dress. And, um, but she was just, she saw me and it was so heartwarming. And I even told her supervisor, I said, you know, I told her that same thing. I said, she treated me like I belonged in her store and, um, you know, made a purchase. And uh, that helps me throughout life because I, I know how it feels to be on that side of it. And um, and there's a radio guy that he does the same thing. His name's Chris Fabry, and I really <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, aren't you kind? Aren't you kind, Cindy? Yeah. And, and that, that, that is it as well. It's treat you like you belong here. Treat you, treat other people like... Like you were expecting them to be here and they are welcomed. And, and that, sadly, in, in churches, that doesn't always happen. You know, if you don't wear the right stuff and you're a little bit different looking than somebody else or you have a piercing or a tattoo or whatever it is that keeps you, that right. you, you fixate on that and you don't think of looking them in the eyes and saying, yeah. I'm so glad you're here. I'm just so glad you're here. Or you're sitting in the wrong seat because that's somebody else's seat you just took. Just exactly. to let you know. Yes. <laughs> I hear you. Oh. <laughs> I And this happened the other day. We were talking about this the other day with, I um, can't remember the program, but it, it was instead of just going uh, to your seat when you get in church and you know, get your coffee or whatever it is and you go to get your favorite seat so you'll have a good seat, you see somebody else who maybe is new there who has children and they don't know where to go. And instead of you're looking at thinking of yourself, you think about them. So there is this sense of otherness, thinking of others rather than just yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, it was. Yep. You're right. Uh, Ryan tells me. <laughs> Vermont Pierre, when uh, Vermont was with us, 
That's Cindy, thank you. Thank you for that. To be you belong here. Have you ever felt that way? Even when especially when you felt like, oh, I don't know if I belong here. <laughs> and somebody treated you like you belong there. Or they don't look over your shoulder at the other people thinking, oh, there's somebody important. I need to talk with them. Um Sean is in Florida. Hi, Sean. Why did you call today? Hi, Chris. Um, I found your topic today really interesting because there's somebody in my life that I've thought about many times, and um, I thought this would be my opportunity to put a shout-out to Lieutenant Commander Denny Maljevic. Mm-hmm. And I was in the Navy years ago, and he was my boss, and he was a really brilliant guy. Um, he actually wrote the book for uh, all the criteria for Doppler radar before Doppler radar was, you know, used by commercial airports and things like that. It was tested out by, by the Navy first. And anyway, he was in charge of that. And I edited, I would be editing the book that he was writing with the criteria. But the point is he was a Christian man and he was, you know, had a lot on his shoulders, let's say. And he may always made me feel like he could see me. He valued me and that I was worthy to work with him. And I was a single mom and he always, you know, showed care and concern, you know, for, for me personally and professionally. And I just have thought of him so often, and he is the epitome of what you're describing today. I am glad to know his name. Um, Do you have any idea where he is now? No, I don't. I've tried to find him, like, you know, on social media and stuff. Um, I was trying to figure out how many years apart we would have been. I'm going to say I was in my 20s. I'm 67 now, so... Um, he was probably, I'm going to say, in his late 40s, and I was in my late 20s. So he would be, you know, pushing 90 years old right now. But, you know, he really impacted my life. How do you and, spell and, his you know, last name, Sean? How, how do you spell his last name? It, it was um, M-A-L-J-E-V-A-C, Maljevac. Okay. All right. So... Hang on, Sean. Uh, Happy, would you get Sean's info? <laughs> uh, email, phone number, all that kind of stuff. Because there's probably somebody listening today who knows Lieutenant Commander Danny Maljevac. And uh, if you do, email us, call us. We'll see if we can't. You know, this is a whole program. We can have a whole program of, of getting these two people together. Sean, God bless you. And, and see, that's it. You described exactly, you said, when you describe this program and you, the person who values you, here's the, here's the poster person for that. It was Lieutenant Commander. Uh, Brian's in Chattanooga. Hey, Brian, go right ahead. Hey, Chris. I uh, just wanted to share a, a one-time encounter. Um, I was at a music conference in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. And the Brooklyn Tabernacle Singers uh, were the special worship leaders, and Pastor Jim Cimbala was the uh, pastor for the conference. And there's about 1,300, 1,400 people there. And um, I, it just so happened that we shared the same hotel. 
and uh, I was with a group of my uh, friends from church, uh, ladies in my choir, and they wanted to go get changed for something anyway. So I said, well, I'll just sit down here in the lobby. Well, I, and they said, okay. So they went upstairs, and I turned around and sat, and there he was, uh, Jim Cimbala, bigger than life, you know. I was probably about 27. He was uh, approaching 50, and um, and I just, you know, I'd already heard about him. I had a copy of his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Uh, he autographed it for me. And uh, But anyway, I just stood around and stood, and he, he looks up, and he says, Hello, young man. You know, in his uh, kind of Brooklyn style. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's talking. really good. But he uh, he uh, he said, um, "Have a seat." And I said, "Well, you're not busy." He says, "No, no." And so I sat there, and we talked about the Lord. We talked about ministry. He he gave me wisdom from his experience, and um, he invested in me. And that has been now oh. A, about 35, 37 years ago, and I have yet to forget any bit of it. I just, I remembered walking away saying, that man oozes Jesus out his pores. <laughs> and it was just such a remarkable time of, of refreshment, of encouragement, and of strengthening that he poured into me a total stranger. Uh, a young, basically a young man, almost a kid in ministry. Well, that mes- that word that you just used, investment, that's it. He invested in you. And your story sparked another memory of mine. Oh, there's so much here. We'll take more of your calls straight ahead on Moody Radio. We're talking about valuing others today at the Radio Backyard Fence. A couple lines for you, 877-548-3675. Valuing others enough to make them your focus, enough to make them feel they are valued by you and by extension valued by God. That's exactly what happens with the folks at CareNet. In some 1,200 pregnancy resource centers around the country, on the phone line, They want each person they come into contact with to feel the care and the compassion and the hope that God wants them to have. Yes, they they have a high value on the unborn. Uh, In other words, there's a reason more than a million babies have been born since 2008 because of the work of CareNet. But the care and the compassion doesn't end when the baby is born. And the birth mother and the father of the child also receive compassion and help for the decision that they're trying to make. I'm going to keep talking about CareNet until I convince you to click the green button at chrisfavorylive.org. I was talking with Dr. Kathy Cook yesterday, and I, I asked this of our guests, have you ever heard about CareNet? And sometimes it'll be, oh yeah, I've heard. Other times it's, I think I have. Kathy said, oh, I've, I've spoken at their events. You know, she's, she said, I'm, I'm down for the struggle with them. Find out more, download free resources, see what might happen in your life through that ministry of CareNet. Somebody you know is going to need the ministry of CareNet at some point, and you'll know where to point them. Go to chrisfabrylive.org and click that green CareNet button today. So Brian's story about Jim Cimbala uh, made me think of a couple of others. Larry said, 
at NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, 20 years ago, just after Purpose Driven Life came out, we were doing radio for Zondervan, and Rick Warren went out of his way at our evening event (laughs) to not only learn the names in the room, but remember them the next day. Carolyn, who's my friend from, uh, from Deutschland, from Germany, she says, William Paul Young. And I know, you know, the, the shack. I know everybody likes that, that novel and, and some people have a lot of problem with it. But listen to this. Every time I had the priceless privilege to meet Paul, I'm, I'm blessed to have, have him had his, as my friend and spiritual mentor. He is like that with everyone, but somehow still manages to make the person in front of him the most important one in the world. And I had the same experience with him. I met uh, William Paul Young a few years ago at a book event. And I think I was, I did, I did an interview with him on a, on a stage, you know, in front of a, an audience. And when I met him, it was, it was almost this instant connection because he looked you straight in the eye. That's the other thing that happened. There's an investment. It says you belong here the person sees you. There's a sense of sacrifice to what they do. And with Paul, it was that same, that instant connection. And I, the next time I saw him, <laughs> the next time I saw him, he came up and he said, Chris, and he gives me this big hug. You know, it's like he didn't know me from Adam, except for that one opportunity we had to connect there. That's these stories, this is how I want to be. One more. Brian said it was this pastor in a hotel. I used this in a story that I wrote a few years ago. Adrian Rogers, Dr. Adrian Rogers, who died in 2005, was at a convention. And it was, you know, there's a lot of pastors, a lot of movers and shakers and you know, important people. So he's walking in through the uh, hotel lobby, going to the room, he and his wife, Joyce. And there's a young man there, young pastor, really struggling, though Pastor Rogers had never met him. And uh, he kind of stopped him and said, hey, Pastor Rogers, can I just get five minutes with you? I'm struggling with my ministry and whatever. And this is the man who told the story. Adrian Rogers didn't tell the story. He said, Pastor Rogers looked at him and he looked at Joyce. (laughs) And he said, well, why don't you come on up to the room? And the three of them get in the elevator and they go up to the room and Pastor Rogers sits on the the couch or the side of the bed or wherever it was in the chair and just spends, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour just encouraging this young man that he had never met before. That's it. That's that's the kind of person that I want to be. And I think you two, too, so what's keeping us from doing that? Uh, Denise is in Indiana. Denise, why'd you call today? Um, yes, in 2008, I was attending the wedding of my best friend's oldest son. And uh, one of the groomsmen uh, was named Joel. It was a brother of the groom. And I knew those boys when they were little. Um, I babysat them, and since I was best friends with the mom, we, we um, you know, exchanged babysitting a lot, and our families were together. And um, But they moved 
to the, like the far side of the other uh, other end of the city when the boys were teenagers. So I kind of lost connection with the boys. Um, but at this wedding, um, the groomsman's name, I don't know if I said it already, was Joel. And he was probably 19 or 20. And at that time, I was probably, I was in my early 50s. And at the reception, you know, people are just mingling and talking. And I, I saw Joel and just said hi. And as soon as I said hi, he grabbed a chair from another table. He sat it down right in front of me. And he said, well, Mrs. Sherman, what's going on in your life today? And it just melted my heart. It melted my heart for two reasons. My love language is quality time. So you can't be sitting in front of me and and talking to me. And second, because he was so young and I was older than his mom. And he took the time, you know, eye to eye to talk with me and smile. And I, I just haven't forgotten it since then. Why do you think that made such an impression on you, Denise? Um, I think because of his age. Uh, uh, um, I think that maybe erroneously, but I think that younger people aren't interested in older people. And um, I would say that was it. And he, he was showing interest in me and what was going on in my life. And it, it was shocking actually to me, but a a lovely shock. Yeah. And it wasn't manipulative. It wasn't uh, done out of obligation. Well, I got to do this. I mean, it was genuine. That's, that's another word that I would put in here. There is a genuine care and concern and interest in the other person, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You can do this as a child. You can do it as a 99-year-old or beyond. (laughs) And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort or energy either. This is something that, you know, anybody can do. But I wonder if the way that you just described Joel, and thank you for your call, and the way that um, we describe these these pastors and others, I wonder if there's not an element of this that you have to receive it before you give it. That, as I mentioned, there were people who were responding on Facebook who said, nobody's ever treated me this way. I've never experienced that. Do you have to have that? And And isn't this the way, don't you imagine this is the way that Jesus treated people when he when they were in front of him i mean he's got all these crowds he's got everything and then somebody touches him <laughs> and he feels the power go out and he turns who touched me and the disciples are saying you know there's an awful lot of people here jesus what what are you talking about no 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 there's some and he sees her he sees her and he invests in her and he says to her even though she doesn't feel this way and others around because of her issue of blood she didn't feel like she belongs, and he says to her, you belong. And there was a sacrifice made in the middle of all of that, too. <laughs> I just saw this on Facebook uh, 
from my hometown. So I, was, I put this on my personal and then the, the Chris Fabry Live. From my hometown, Robin, who basically takes care of the cemetery. Uh, she does other things too, but one of the things she does is take care of the cemetery in that little town where my my dad and my mom and my grandfather and grandmother and uh, others are buried from the family. And she says, Chris, your mother was like that. It didn't matter if she knew you well or if you were an acquaintance. And no matter where it was, grocery store or wherever, she would look you in the eyes and attend to you in that moment. That even happened. <laughs> That even happened with the people who'd call her and get a wrong number, and she'd wind up talking with them for a half an hour. <laughs> and we'd tell her, Mama, you can't have these conversations with people you don't know. Robin, thank you for saying that. When others valued you. There's another story that I want to tell, and we'll do that in our final segment. Thanks for listening. This is Chris Fabry Live, online, chrisfabrylive.org. Hey, thanks for your support at the back fence. If you uh, would like to become a partner or a friend with us, just go to chrisfabrylive.org. Fantastic resource this month, Memorizing Scripture, the Basics, Blessings, and Benefits of Meditating on God's Word. We're going to talk with Glenna Marshall next week, and uh, we'd appreciate your support. <sighs> Heather says, I had a great 7th, 8th grade science teacher. I was seriously into Doctor Who, and when my friend and I came up with a plan to build a time machine, I went to this teacher and asked him what the strongest materials for building one were. Without laughing or telling me that time machines don't exist, he proceeded to tell me about the strongest materials. I'll never forget that kind-hearted response to our fantastical dreams. And then she said, by the way, I should add, we never managed to build that thing. <laughs> um, we mentioned the very first uh, person that we talked about talked about here was Radio Pastor Donald Cole, because Matt was a little kid when he called Pastor Cole. And the thing about Don Cole was, uh, they say, you know, are they the same person behind the microphone as they are in real life? And Judy... Crone, who works with us at Moody. Uh, she is executive producer of Bold Steps with uh, Dr. Mark Job, and she's assistant manager of programming. And she told me this story a couple of years ago, and I haven't forgotten. And I said, Judy, call, call our listener line, leave a message, tell that story. Listen to this. Hi, this is Judy, and I just wanted to um, take a moment to share about somebody who took the time and uh, valued me as a, a young grad student here at the Moody Bible Institute uh, back uh, a while ago, back in the early 90s, and that was Pastor Don Cole. Uh, as a uh, young college student uh, working my way through college, um, I was working the evening shift here at Moody Radio, and uh, Pastor Cole was doing open line at the time, and we would have uh, friendly conversations and uh, one evening I asked him just about salvation and how to uh, make the connection with uh, my dad who was dying of cancer and if there was a way that I could, um, if there's something I could say specifically um, to him. 
And Pastor shared some some ideas and and ways to approach it. And uh, they every conversation I would have with my dad thereafter just was not penetrating my dad's heart. And I was so eager to see my dad come to know the Lord. I knew that time was waning. And uh, so one evening, Pastor said, you know, how about I just come out to your house on a, on a Sunday afternoon? I've got this Sunday free, and I'll just sit down with your dad face to face. And sure enough, uh, Pastor Cole came on a Sunday. Uh, he Flannel shirt, I'll never forget, buttoned with a belt and um, cowboy boots in his truck, walks into my home, sits down with my dad, and for the next two hours, these two sit and talk about their World War II stories and uh, just upbringing and uh, shared a lot about just family and values and uh, just had a really good connection, so much so that by the end of those two hours, Pastor Cole was leading my dad through the steps to coming to know the Lord. And it was a beautiful moment for my mom and I to sit in the kitchen and hear my dad praying with Pastor Cole at that moment. Um, And just to know that not only did he take the time just for me, he went the extra mile of actually driving out to my home and taking the time with, with a person that he didn't know and the eternal dividends that that blessed not only our family with, but my dad with salvation, and that one day we will all be reunited together. I'm so grateful uh, for him and for his legacy. Our, our family is eternally grateful. And even more so, um, it, it was something for me in my life to recognize that praying for somebody is, is one thing, but to really take time for people and to listen and to um, engage them, and just to say yes to opportunities. That's what Pastor Cole taught me, and to be bold with my faith. I still have those notes that he gave me, the scripture verses that he penned for me, and I've, I've often used those in conversations with other friends uh, and family. It's in, tucked into my Bible. Eternally grateful for this man who took the time uh, and valued this uh, young college student. So thanks for letting me share my story. I can still see that old flannel shirt too, Judy. Thank you. That that really is a a microcosm of what we're talking about here because it there there is an aspect of sacrifice there. There is an investment that Pastor Cole made, but and it, but it was so genuine and so honest. And seeing Judy's dad, you see how all of that kind of comes together. I think we have to have a vision of that. Uh, we, we have to have a pattern of that. And if you didn't have that in parents who spent time with you and valued you or friends who valued you, then it's it can sound a, a little otherworldly. One of the stories that I wanted to tell before we end here today is uh, one of the writers that I've connected with through the years has been Pat Conroy, who died in 2016. Not everybody likes all the books that he wrote, and that's that's fine. In My Reading Life, he tells a story of his English teacher in Beaufort, South Carolina. When he was in high school, Gene Norris took him to see poet laureate of South Carolina, Archibald Rutledge. And Rutledge spends an inordinate time talking with this young high school kid about poetry, 
about using specific words rather than generalities. Rutledge asks Pat's opinion about a recently crafted poem, and and Pat says something, and then he compliments him for you know noticing you know that a stronger rhyme and that end of that line and that type of thing. And then Rutledge takes him on a tour of the plantation where he lived, telling stories, pointing out the history all around them. So Conroy writes in my reading life, on our drive back through Charleston, Jean, Eugene Norris, asked me how I liked Archibald Rutledge. I admitted that I was unprepared to meet such an important man and could hardly believe that he had spent so much time with me and seemed so unhurried as he answered (laughs) my foolish, boyish questions. I told Jean that Archibald Rutledge had told me about the definitive value of details. Then I described the path where Francis Marion had escaped the British Cavalry Patrol. I spoke of camellia bushes ten feet high and the color of ink Mr. Rutledge used to write his poems and that his ancestors had built the plantation in 1735. You didn't learn the most important thing, Jean said. I thought there was more to you, substance, that kind of thing. I gave you credit for having a substance you don't. What are you talking about, Pat said. Here's what you should have learned, but you didn't. (sighs) Now you know how to treat a young boy or girl who wants to be a writer. If, by a miracle, you become a writer, Archibald Rutledge just showed you how a famous writer treats a no-account 16-year-old boy who's got the same dreams he did as a kid. If I ever get to be a writer, Mr. Norris, I'll be nice to every kid I meet. That's a promise. (laughs) And then he says that Eugene Norris, from then on, would send him high school students, would call and talk, do an hour interview, that, that kind of thing. That is, that's the secret sauce right there, as far as I'm concerned. That care, that concern, that investment, you belong here, I value you, not for what you can do for me, but just for who you are, the dreams you have, the hopes you have. Isn't that good? Now, Can you give that to somebody else? Empowered by the love of Jesus who did that for you and me, go forth and uh, we'll talk again next Monday here on Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.